0: Good morning. Glad you guys are here, really glad you're here. Whether or not you're connecting with us in the room or connecting with us online, thank you. I hope you sense the presence of God. I hope you feel the challenge of God. (sighs) Grace and truth, if you go outside our building right there, you'll see a block of stone. It says, a place of grace and truth. That's what we want Capital City to be. I don't know if you ever thought about the relationship between those two. Did you know that without truth, it is not grace? Did you know that without grace, it's not truth? To have either one, you have to have both, don't you? Grace and truth. We're going to focus on a, a hard truth this morning. It's a tough one, but it's part of it. So, do you think Jesus ever, ever told a lie? Ever told a lie? I mean, those who were closest to him said, nope, never. Peter, the apostle Peter, Jesus committed no sin. No one ever heard a lie come from his lips. That's an incredible statement, isn't it? It's Bold. Apostle John, who's probably closer to Jesus than anybody else. You know that Jesus came to take away all our sins, and there is no sin in him. None at all. I mean, could you say that about anybody else? Could anybody say that about you? Well, here's the Apostle Paul. He says, let me have the next slide. God made Christ, who never, ever sinned, never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so we could be make right with God through Christ. Holy cow. Never sinned. And then in some of the most arrogant words ever spoken, if they're not true, listen to what Jesus said about himself. Jesus said, which of you can truthfully accuse me of any sin? Who could accuse me of any sin? But since I'm telling you the truth, why won't you believe me? And yet they couldn't convince him of any untruth and they struggled to believe him. So do we. But if Jesus always tells the truth, why do we struggle to believe him? Do you think Jesus ever told a lie, even a white lie? Do you think Jesus ever said something that uh, he thought was right but turned out later to be wrong? I don't. And more than that, Jesus was God. And if Jesus was God, it means that when God talks, if he really is God, we need to listen, don't we? You see, we tend to blow by some of the hard things that Jesus said or blow them off. But if it's God talking, we need to shut up and listen. Don't push back. Don't argue. And if your kids ever go into that zone where they look like they're listening but they're really not, we do that with God. Where you drift into that place where you hear what he says but you don't really care, You do that with God. But he's God. So here it is, Jesus says, and he says to them all, not just the disciples, we're going to see that later, whoever, whoever wants to be my disciple, my follower, must, must deny themselves, must take up their cross, must take their cross up daily and follow me telling you guys, if Jesus says we must do something, if Jesus doesn't lie, and if Jesus is God, then we need to pay attention. It's probably pretty important. Here it is in the New Living Translation. Jesus says to the crowd, not just the disciples, if any of you, any of us wants to be my follower, you must, you must give up your own way, you must take up your cross every single day and follow me. I want you to look at it in one more translation. This is the Good News translation. Jesus says to them all, all of us, if you want to come with me, do you? If you want to come with me, do you want to go where he's going? Do you want to take him where he wants to take you? Or do you want to go with him where he wants to take you? To do that, you have to forget yourself. You've got to take up your cross every single day and follow me. And Jesus doesn't lie. Jesus is God. So if it's a must, then we've got to slow down here and really pay attention and make sure that we listen. Really listen and not just listen, that we do it. So here goes. Now Jesus says these words in Luke chapter 9, which is kind of a turning point chapter in Luke's story of Jesus. I mean, Jesus has been with these disciples for two years now. They've been following Jesus for two years, they've been watching what he does, listening to what he says, an extraordinary two years, revolutionary, transformational for them. And these two years were all about, who is this guy really? Who is Jesus? The kind of things he was teaching were beyond radical, the kind of things that he was doing. Well, he exhibited this amazing power over nature, this amazing power even over the supernatural, even over death. And the kind of things that he kept saying about himself and the kind of things that he kept demanding from us made Jesus either the craziest lunatic ever, a maniacal liar, or God, way more than a man. And finally, after two years, Jesus looks at his guys, he looks at his disciples, and he says, okay, it's time to choose. Choose. You've got to make a choice. You know what other people think of me. Now it's your turn. Who do you say that I am? Jesus said. And Peter says, you're God's Messiah. You're the Messiah. If you look over in Matthew's gospel, of the same account it even goes further than that. You're not only God's Messiah, you're the son of God. You are actually God himself. Hold a cow. Peter says, you're the one that God has chosen to come into this world to heal all of its brokenness. Two years it took, these guys got it, and they hadn't even seen his death and his resurrection yet, like we have. But they believed. They believed in Jesus. What comes next after you believe? You've come to the decision that he's the Messiah, he's the Son of God. What comes next? I believe Jesus is the Messiah. I believe He's the Son of God. I hope you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the one God has chosen to heal the brokenness of our world and your brokenness. I hope you believe He's the Son of God. What's next? Is that enough? I mean, I I hope most of you guys were following along last month. You see, we said that you can believe in Jesus and not really know Him. And you can believe in Jesus and not really love Him. And you can believe in Jesus and not really follow Him. Is believing enough? Jesus didn't think so. In fact, once they said, we believe who you are, Jesus raises the bar for us believers. In fact, He's going to say two things with His next words, both of which will blow your mind. Here's thing one. Jesus says, now that you guys believe, now that you know who I really am, the Messiah, the Son of God, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And it's going to blow your mind. He says, I'm going to die for you. Huh? You just said you're the Messiah, right? You just said you're the Son of God, right? Messiahs don't die. Sons of God can't die. I mean, here it is. Jesus says, the Son of Man must must suffer many things. He must be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed. He's going to die. I'm going to die. And on the third day, I'm going to be raised to life. And the disciples are sitting there absolutely bewildered, stunned, and stupefied. Right? Huh? Jesus says, yeah, that's the kind of Messiah that I am. That's why I'm the Son of God. It's what it's going to cost me to be the Messiah. Now let me tell you what it's going to cost you to be my follower. Here it is. Jesus says to them all, to all of us, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to be a Jesus follower, must, must deny themselves. They must take up their cross every single day And they've got to follow me. And that must makes it incredibly important for us, doesn't it? Again, I'm going to show you the same verse three times. New Living Translation. Jesus says to the crowd, right? He says to the whole crowd, not just the super saints, if any one of you wants to be my follower, you must. It's a command, an imperative. You must give up your own way. You must take up your own cross, not just once, but you need to do it every single day, and you must follow me. And here it is again in the Good News Translation. Jesus says to them all, he says to all of us, whoever, whoever wants, he says to them all, if you want to come with me, and I do, I hope you do, you've got to forget yourself. You've got to take up your cross every day and follow In other words, Jesus is laying out what it means to be a Jesus follower, Jesus style. This is what he expects. Now, we're going to just try to scratch the surface of this text this morning because we're actually going to camp out here for about four months. What does it mean to deny yourself, to deny self? What does it mean to take up your cross, and not just once, but every single day? And what does it mean to follow Jesus? What's next after you believe? Because this is what it's about, isn't it? Now you believe what's next. So let's just kind of poke at it just a little bit. Jesus says, whoever, whoever wants to be a disciple, whoever, which means that it's not one set of requirements for those who are preachers and teachers and another set of requirements for those who are not. It's whoever, right? Anybody who wants to be a disciple, this applies to all of us. I think every single person in this room, every single person watching online, we're part of that whoever. Whoever wants to be a disciple, a Jesus follower, a disciple means that it's not just about a decision that you make once. It's not about coming to that point in your life where you have decided that Jesus really is the Messiah, the Son of God, intellectually, and now you're set for life. Listen, guys. You can't follow anybody by standing still. You can't be a Jesus follower by standing still. It's a journey. It's a process that's going to take a lifetime. Whoever wants to be a a disciple, a Jesus follower, must deny themselves. Or in a couple of other translations, forget yourself or give up your own way or set aside your selfish interests, or you've got to say no to the things you want if what you want clashes with what God wants, which basically means this, guys. If I'm a Jesus follower, if he's the Lord of my life, then my rights are trumped by his will. It's not about what I want and what I like anymore. It's about him. When you choose to make Jesus the Lord of life, you choose to give up your rights to choose your own path if your path clashes with his will. That's it. It's Telling Jesus, I'm yours. No ifs, ands, or buts. If you do that, it's going to change you. Jesus says, whoever wants to be a disciple, a Jesus follower, must deny self, let go of self, because you're going to have to let go of yourself To pick up a cross, you're going to have empty hands to pick up a cross, and that's what's next. might have to let go of something we love in order to pick up what he has for us. Think about it. When Jesus said, you must take up your cross, he hadn't died yet. They didn't know about his cross. They didn't know he was going to the cross like we do. But they knew way more about what a cross meant than we do because they'd all seen one in person. They'd seen people on crosses, and it was terrible. It was considered the worst way to die in that world utterly humiliated, shamed, excruciating pain that could last at least four hours and maybe days. And Jesus says this listen, this is hard. You want to follow me? How far are you willing to go? What would you be willing to endure to be my disciple? What if following me hurts? Are you still in? What's your answer? How far would you be willing to go to follow Jesus? Is there anything that you wouldn't give up? Is there anything that you wouldn't give if that's what Jesus asked? Jesus says you must take up your cross, which means Got to be willing to go all in, guys. There's a story of a Roman general by the name of Quintus Fabius Maximus Varicosus, I think. I might have just messed up his name. I don't care. Lived about 250 years before Jesus. He fought against Rome's greatest enemy, a guy you probably have heard of, a guy named Hannibal. Quintus is credited with some revolutionary military strategies, very controversial at the time. Apparently, Quintus was discussing with his staff how to take a particular, particularly difficult position when one of his staff suggested a strategy, and he said, if we do it this way, we're only going to lose a few men. We'll only lose a few. And Quintus looked at him and said, are you willing to be one of those few? Are you willing <clears throat> to die? Jesus says, you must let go of self, Take up a cross, which doesn't mean you're going to die on the cross, but it means you're willing. If that's what it takes. Because you're in. A guy named Tozer said that there are three things that happens to a person who's crucified. Number one, you can only look in one direction, right? There's no turning back. You're pretty much all in at that point. And you don't get to make any plans for tomorrow. It's up to him. Now, it's Jesus' next word that puts an entirely different spin on all of this stuff. Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily, daily, every single day, not just once. Guys, I was baptized at the age of eight in a swimming pool just purchased by our Church, First Baptist Church, San Jose, California, on a property where we were going to build a new church. And at the age of eight, I told God, however, whenever, wherever, whatever he wanted, I was in. Age of eight, which means I was clueless. I had no idea what I was committing. And the decision that I made that day at the age of eight wouldn't matter a hill of beans today if I hadn't reaffirmed that decision at the age of 18 when I graduated from high school. Wouldn't have made a Hilla Beans difference at the age of 30 when I graduated from grad school. Wouldn't have made a Hilla Beans difference at the age of 40 when I came to this church. Wouldn't matter a Hilla Beans today at the age of 66, 67, what am I? I'm not quite sure, pretty old it's daily it means taking up a cross and following him isn't something you do just once it's not an occasional decision it means it's a lifestyle it becomes who we are and what we do I hope all of you at some point have either made the decision to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior or will but what you did back then doesn't matter what he today if he's not your Savior and your Lord today Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple, my follower, and guys, it's worth it. And it will be worth it. Must deny the rule of self. Must take up a cross, be willing to go wherever he takes you, whatever the cost, daily. Every day of the week, every week of the year, every year of your life. Christ-driven 24-7. And follow me, he says. Follow me. Right here. Let me throw a little bit of Greek at you. If you're looking at this in the Greek, find out that it is a present active imperative. Sounds big, doesn't it? Present active imperative. The imperative part means that it's a command, it's an order, it's, in a, it's something we have to do, it's a mandate. But the present part, it's a present imperative means it isn't something you do just once, it's something you keep on doing. It's a repetitive action. It's a continuous action. It becomes a way of life. Remember, you can't follow Jesus if you're standing still. It's a journey that will take a lifetime. There was a rabbi who lived about 200 years before Jesus. Some of his words are recorded in what we call the Mishnah, which is this incredibly important collection of Jewish laws. Rabbi said, this is pretty cool, he says, let your house be a meeting house for the wise. That's neat. Powder yourself in the dust of their feet. That's interesting. We're going to look, look at that one. And drink their words with thirstiness, which is cool. Powder yourself in the dust of their feet. Back then, kids would go to school until, I don't know, 13, 14. It varied in different places. And then if they wanted or if they were chosen, they could attach themselves to a rabbi. The rabbi would say, follow me, kind of like Jesus did. And this disciple would begin to follow the rabbi everywhere. They'd learn how to do life their master's way. That was called his yoke. Jesus said, follow me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, my way of living upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble, gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear. The burden I give you is light. But it'll cost you everything. Anyway, the disciple would follow his rabbi. He'd follow his master everywhere. They'd sit at his feet while he was teaching. They'd follow closely behind him on the dusty roads. You ever followed closely behind somebody walking down a dusty road and they kind of kick up the dirt and it kind of gets on you? When he stops to teach, they would sit at his feet, the dust near his feet, taking it all in. You see, we start listening when he says, to what he says, we pay attention. We try to do things the way he does them, we try to say what he would say, and eventually we start becoming like him. Not like God we start becoming Christ-like. That's becoming a Jesus follower. That's our challenge. Do you want to be a Jesus follower? Do you really want to be a Jesus follower? Guys, one of the things we try to do every single week as we gather around this Lord's table, what you may not understand is that every time you take this Lord's table, you are saying I'm in. I not only accept the sacrifice of your body and your blood for me. I accept that grace, but I'm committing myself to you. We get this opportunity every single week to recommit ourselves as Jesus followers, to remind ourselves and to tell him and to tell everybody around us, this is who we are. I am a disciple of Jesus. I'm a Jesus follower. Now, guys, i got a couple more things that I'm going to say after the Lord's Supper time that we're going to share together. But for right now, just eat that bread, drink that cup, and recommit yourself to Jesus as your Lord.